You guys remember the Zac Efron movie, We Are Your Friends? If so, congratulations. You are officially probably part of the High School Musical fan club because those are probably the only people who saw it. But nonetheless, consider this a sequel of sorts here on Cancel Me Baby entitled, We Are Not Your Friends Nor Your Heroes, okay, for that matter. Who is the ever-present, and the mysterious, alluring we, we're going to find out, okay? So buckle your seatbelt and let's get jiggy with it, okay? Because we are going to pick up where we left off in my last solo episode around all things, like the thing that keeps on thinking, the math that just can't keep mathing, all right, no matter how many times Einstein is rolling in his damn grave, this whole spectacle going on as it pertains to gender and Dylan Mulvaney. I talked a little bit about it last time. Again, like the Bud Light uproar and all the crazy and the sponsorships and the this and the that. However, I didn't quite dive into, you know, areas of this swimming pool, you know, that Leah Thomas with or without her balls, okay, is full throttle going into all the nooks and all the crannies of this issue. So I want to get into some of the nuances of it today that I didn't get to last time, take it somewhere different, some other things that have unfolded, Emily Ratajowski of it all, like this bitch, again, the thing that is just thinging, and go somewhere a little bit, you know, different uh, with it today that again, while the gaslighting is alive and well on both sides, a part of it that because of all the outrage, yet again, they seem to be missing. But lo and behold, there is cancel me, baby. Hallelujah. Amen. Jehovah's Witness are all in the house today to keep this train going for the love of God. So First and foremost, I want to acknowledge how I am with all you in spirit. Like, yes, the ever-present one, indeed. Even the Karens. I even feel for the Karens right now because these bitches are probably like, my head is spinning. I don't even know what Walmart to go to and who to spit at this week, right? Because there's just so much information, especially about this bombarding us all, all the time. And I have to be real with you guys, when I'm sitting here and I'm taking in all this information, I'm watching all the pundits, I'm watching all the news on both sides. It's so overwhelming. And it's so much to absorb that my brain is literally like malfunction, cannot compute and organizing it all can be, you know, a shit show. Hence my therapist who did not ask to be my therapist, like my local Starbucks barista, who was like, who invited this bitch, right? Um, on the daily as I'm in there, you know, trying to make sense of it all. So all that goes to say, you know, it's a chaotic world. We're trying to make sense of it with our big brains. Unlike some of these female so-called heroes in their malarkey, which we're going to get to in a second. Um, but I'm with you in all of it. Okay. So Let's pick up with this. Okay, so the Dylan Mulvaney whole thing, like Dylan, if you don't know, it just keeps going, right? So this is a trans person who's documenting their day in and day out of becoming a woman. And it's been basically a year. They're getting showered with sponsors left, right, and sideways. Like 
these jeans are from Walmart. This hair is Carrie Bradshaw. It's just natural, by the way. And it just like, you know, Dylan's period, it's just going to do what it does. You know, like none of us are going to be able to have a say in it. So where is my HBO sex and the city sponsorship? Where is my sp Walmart sponsorship? I need answers. But no, this bitch is over here, you know, having the time of her life and raking it all in, right? Let's talk about the sponsorship thing for real, because last time in my episode, not that I'm fully amending it, but I did say like, if you're this person and you're presented with this huge sponsorship and this huge brand deal to be the face of it, like, yeah, take it. Like, why not capitalism at its finest, you know? But here is the thing, okay? Unlike my mad scientist hair, don't get it twisted, all right? It's a little thing that I like to call knowing your role. And a little thing that Aretha Franklin may have heard the name once said, R-E-S-P-E-C-T. What do I mean by this? So it's one thing, right, to capitalize and monetize on being, because right now Dylan Mulvaney, this TikTok star, is really having their moment and like, you know, is doing all these TikToks with like Paris Hilton and Rachel Brosnahan of Mrs. Maisel, like Josh Groban, again, all these sponsorships, like Hollywood's jumping on board and is like really just having their splash and their moment as this trans figure, right? This is where we need to slow our role. Like pretending to be a dumb idiot in sports because you're a woman drinking a Bud Light is annoying in and of itself is one thing, but on what planet, on what planet, okay? Like I've contacted Mars. Even these fuckers are like, what actually, never mind. We rerouted our route. Like we were gonna chill up on that China balloon and we changed our minds because Tampax sent Dylan tampons. Why are they sending her tampons? Now, this wasn't an actual sponsorship, okay? Let's be clear. Both parties have said that this wasn't a sponsorship that was official to where Dylan got paid for this, but let's be real here, people. This is what they do. The whole point, right, is they're going to send her these tampons in hopes that she'll share them, talk about them on socials, and in turn, promote them, okay? How does this make any sense for this person to be promoting tampons by tampox a product that goes in a vagina a vagina that menstruates nonetheless this is awkward seventh grade biology okay eighth grade at best you know again does it come down to the individual to go do i take this opportunity and give trans people like their time in the sun and a spotlight and be included in the party or is it which is good all good and well or is it a time to be like you know what I'm a bow out. I'm so you guys know I've worked with the brand Happy Nuts. Am I going to sit here and be like, you know, guys, this testicle cleaner is just really the moment. It's like at some point you have to just, especially when it comes, because I've talked about it before, but how hard fought women's spaces have been and have been earned. And it's like to just come in here. It's like, what hole is the tamp? I'm not trying to get graphic here. What hole is the tampon going in exactly? It's like, what is actually, how does this make sense? And it's like, I'm sorry, you can't just, let's respect both of these groups of people in their individual roles. It's really annoying to me to hear it over and over. It's like, 
trans women are women. Trans women are trans women and women are women. And it's like, yes, we can both be honored and respected and have a great time in our respective roles. But when you mesh them together, it's just ripe for all kinds of disrespect and disillusion and mess. It just is what it is. Okay. And it's like, you just can't 365 days doesn't rewrite someone's entire life story. I'm not to say that there haven't been issues with gender identity and confusion. And my heart goes out to that. Right. But again, like Dylan Mulvaney, like myself, wasn't humiliated in the sixth grade cafeteria when my best friend at the time decided to go to the guys table and tell everyone that Taylor had her period. Okay. Still traumatized to this day. No, but Seriously, like that yellow school bus would never have been the same from the hex and spirits I put on it that day in pure vengeance. But nothing can instill that. Nothing can put that in all of a sudden. And that's what's so annoying about it. Same thing with the Nike sponsorship. In what world does it make sense to have this person, right, who may have done the therapy and surgeries and pills and hormones and things like this, but literally doesn't even have breasts to sell us sports bras. Name the reason. Like it actually doesn't make sense. Again, you know what? Back to, again, this is probably before sixth grade, but this is more of a happy story. But in, I don't know, where was I maybe? Maybe it was around sixth grade. Like I, I always had I always had these titties, right? And I remember at the time, like it was right, right when it was like the bee sting era and they were starting to come out. And when you first started having boobs, it was actually really awkward. And everyone looked at you and like, you know, you may have had some acne and like, like the hormones and the puberty were just popping, right? But it looked like people were looking at it as if it were area 51. Like they were like, what is actually going on here? And it made you feel really uncomfortable. And I remember at sleepovers, I would make shit up. The girls would be like, how do you have those boobs? And I'd be like, oh, know you raise your arm over like this and you do these I would pull shit out of my ass right probably where Dylan Mulvaney is putting her tampons and that's just I'm just saying like it's silly and it's minuscule but the journey of a girl right so we all know this time and time again how about this I remember and I'm not like oh what was me I had boobs right but it's a thing the clothes we couldn't wear the things like the way you have to like you know purpose. I can't, I couldn't just order stuff online because I don't know how these titties, they have a mind of their own. I don't know how they take to them. They might be like, F you, I'm going to make you look like, you know, Humphrey, the big old crazy uh, hippopotamus today. Like, I don't know. Another example is when, and this pertains to Dylan's field, uh, theatrics. When I was in the sound of music in eighth grade and I played Brigitte, one of the Von Trapp kids, and they literally had to tape my titties down with like Rite Aid bandage tape every night, okay, to make it look like I was younger than it was. So I'm just saying, it's like we do all these things that y'all don't even know. And now you have the audacity to show up here and try to sell, like, as if we don't know, like, try to sell us merchandise and apparel to hold our own titties, you know, in sports, on the sound of music stage, wherever it may be. And this is where it's like, it's a lose-lose because I could see again, well, this is where I think it does come down to the individual to be like, hmm, maybe we shouldn't dis disrespect the entire history of women and like carve a different path for trans women, right? And again, know my role, but this is again, where the brands and the sponsors are numb nuts because they're so desperate to be woken to include everybody that they jump on this shit just for the sake of doing it. And they don't think about that. It's like, 
And I get it. They're terrified for their lives because if they don't, they'll have picketing from crazy woke people outside on their porch. It's like they can't even have their lemonade in peace that day. And I get it. But, you know, everybody needs to chill the fuck out and really all know your roles. So that's that on the sponsorship aspect. Okay. I will never put a tampon in the same way. Let's just say that. All right. Also, I took a look at Dylan's TikTok because I was like, let me see what the uproar is all about. And the thing that is so obnoxious, it's what I say about TikTok in general all the time, just on steroids. Number one, it's a complete and utter caricature, right? This is not an attack on her decision to become a woman, which I'm going to get to in a minute, um, or even go or partake on this journey, like all the more power to you, right? But it's what it represents that it's like, we need to take a second look at what is our trans female hero right now. Okay. First of all, I couldn't even stomach more than five of them. It's what my complaint is about this app embodied in a one it's smoke, it's mirrors, it's, it's gimmicks and tricks and flashy, shameless attention seeking nonsense is what it is. And it actually, sadly, rebuttals everything that this is supposed to be about, which is authenticity and heart and um, being real, right. And, and human and genuine. It's not that this is why this is the problem with all of this. It makes us all it makes, especially kids, narcissistic, empty, and trying to one up one another all the time. But it's all of this stereotypical ditzy airhead cliche of what a woman is, you know, a lot of like the pink and jumping around and the giggling and the laughing and literally acting like a child. It is a straight up, I think, slap in the face. Is this who you want your hero to be? Not me. And this is in the same climate where it's like, oh, a woman is not really, you know, shouldn't be respected or isn't really a woman because she's showing her body and this and that. No, a woman showing her body isn't what makes her less of a woman or makes her less than. It's this shit. It's acting like women don't have two fucking brain cells to rub together and it's obnoxious. There are plenty of trans women out there who would be much better role models, not only for the trans community, but for women too. Someone who's been speaking adamantly about this is Megyn Kelly. And Megyn Kelly has said, well, I don't quite land on the, ex the extremity of where she is now. She's like, now it's become so exploited and so weaponized. She is like, there are two sexes, there are two biological sexes. There are men, there are women, and one cannot become the other. If you take pills, if you put holes where your penis is, you're not suddenly a woman, right? And again, while I don't completely land on where she is with that, there are parts of that that I could see are 100% valid. It's like, and as it pertains to Dylan Mulvaney, it's like, okay, because like you shave your face, you parade around as a woman and wear a dress and talk in a high pitched voice, you're suddenly a woman. That's not how this works. You know, after three, after only 365 days. So it's like, okay, we can acknowledge that it's a process, but no, like suddenly it's not just is what it is overnight. And suddenly you're this, you couldn't possibly know the day to day you have your own struggle. And that's not to say that women's life is inherently a struggle, but you have your own respective struggle as a trans person. Okay. Stop lumping that in as if it's the same exact thing as a woman in your whole life entirety. And you're exactly a woman right now with everyone else, like standing on the shoulders of all the other women who've lived it from day one, like stop it. 
Okay. It's nonsense. And this is what makes people crazy. When you start to gaslight and start to be like, well, no, they actually were a woman this whole time or no, like biological sex isn't real. And it makes complete and total sense for someone who is a biological man with their DNA and their makeup and their body mass and stamina and their bone structure to compete physically with a woman to, and, and act like you're crazy for thinking that's crazy. It's gaslighting. And you guys, by ignoring all of this are not helping. You're making people more angry, more uptight, more averse to this. You know, Tommy Lauren, uh, abrasive, uh, other conservative, she said the other day, we conservatives are now holding the torch as feminists to hold on to this. And like, I'm fine with that. You know, I guess that's the role we're going to take. And it's like, right. Where is all like, could you imagine what kind of Alice in Wonderland upside down world is this? Like maybe those people like the, the Emily Ratajkowski's who need to take a hard look in the mirror because it's not making sense. It's not adding up and it's going to make people more angry, more averse, instead of acknowledging what really is like create a space for trans athletes to compete. You know, that's, that makes sense. And I'm really revisiting the whole Riley Gaines thing. I have to tell you, cause she's been in the press again, talking about being attacked at a San Francisco school. And I thought about what she said on my show and her experience literally as a woman, the the grit that it takes to make, not even as a woman, for anyone, it's really hard to make your dream come true, right? But as a female athlete, I'm not an athlete. I mean, don't let the guns deceive you, but I can relate. She talks about like the sacrifice and the training day after day. You know, your friends are out partying and you're there pushing and grinding and being dedicated and committed to push yourself and your, your reach your goal and your dream. And here she is in a swimming pool with the NCAA ties with Leah Thomas and the trophies given to Leah Thomas. That's literally what the official said for a photo op and Riley Gaines, who's worked toward this her whole life has to go home with nothing. I rewatched it this morning. It literally made me tear up. Like as a woman, I can so, I couldn't relate to going after a dream so fiercely and so wholeheartedly and the sacrifice and what it makes day after day. When if funny enough, we're in a climate, it, we're in a society where we're rewarded for going after, you know, the status quo, what's safe, the nine to five, the 401k, the picket white fence, the certainty, the health insurance and the benefits and the salary. And it's like for someone going after their dream, whether it be athletics or whether it be, you know, in, in my sphere, media, none of that is certain. You don't have any of that. It's all pulled out from under you and you have to go day after day after day to fight and claw your way for it and give up everything in hopes that you'll get it. And then for that to be passed on a silver platter, because all of this identity politics, that gaslight and don't make sense. It's ridiculous. Who should be our, our trans, you know, or female heroes? Like I know for me, sorry, it's not a Dylan Mulvaney who acts like a bimbo. That's not what women are, you know, to me, perhaps not like my hero per se, but I think there's a lot more admirable traits in someone like a Caitlyn Jenner, right? Who lived a long life as a man, did the transition as a woman and even did, did her remember the Vanity Fair iconic cover, like the whole thing. She sure certainly wasn't like, you know, this modest wallflower about it by any means, but now has the common sense, you know, ran for, you know, is in politics is well educated, you know, whether you agree or not, and now is sticking to her guns, not in the pants, because I believe she had that shit chopped off, but uh, sticking to her guns about as someone who was a male and competed at the most elite level in the Olympics, how this isn't right. Say in an entertainment sense, like Laverne Cox in Orange is the New Black, which is hilarious because 
Dylan has a recent TikTok with Laverne and Laverne is like shading the shit out of her. She's like, yeah, maybe not put everything a blow by blow on TikTok. And Dylan's like, oh, well, I said this. And Laverne's like, yeah, I know I saw it. Like, you don't need to put everything out there. You know, even she's like, what is this bitch? So Laverne Cox made a huge wave in entertainment for being the um, a very prominent Black trans actress in Orange is the New Black. Same thing with Janet Mock of uh, the FX show Pose. Like, again, first Black trans woman to write and direct a TV show, which I think is very admirable. You know, again, like putting the brains and the, and the uh, physicality, beauty, if you will, together. Not fluffing around like a 12-year-old in some tutu. Like, give me a goddamn break. Maybe one of the most iconic in the transfer, at least, is Marsha Johnson, who was a very prominent, um, died early in the 90s at a very young age, but had a very hard, very hard life. Again, a Black trans woman, but was out there fiercely fighting, like putting herself on the line for this activism. And I think that that's the traits that we want to look up to, like not this empty, flashy bullshit. Sorry. Like that is no idol and that is no hero to me. And in terms of non-trans women who, at least for me, who I look up to, I mean, again, people who have really paved their way and have brought this together in a sophisticated, smart, sexy way. Dolly Parton never hid from her sexuality and her, you know, big boobs, but was also a savvy businesswoman, right? And performer and could get you with her wit on the drop of a cowboy hat bitch. My lesbian idol, Barry Weiss, you know, in a journalism sense, who's created her whole own platform really dismantling and sticking it to the the huge bohemian that is the legacy media even like as she gets her hate Mindy Kaling right Mindy Kaling again a woman of color was in the writer's room of the office like beat the men at their own game and then just became this renegade in the media space creating her own art and shows that would go on to really, you know, get so much attention and accolades. Like that is the kind of woman that we should look up to, period. No exceptions. You know, I didn't go for the huge, like Gloria Steinem's, the RBGs, like so on and so on. But like, you know, we went cancel me baby route and we went somewhere a little different with that one. Before I get to Emily Ratajkowski, I bring us back to the programming that is magic mind like you guys may see that my mind I am on a little roll today and I owe it to magic mind I am if it hasn't been clear enough I am so obsessed with this actually funny enough I talk about the struggle and the obstacle yet the beauty of making your way and carving your path and bringing something to life that you believe in and that's why I love magic mind so much because it's a small business we want to support they put their blood sweat and tears in it I know this from personal experience and it's just a great product it's it's a little shot you can have it in the morning with or without coffee and it's just going to make you as productive, you know, as Elon Musk's Twitter staff who happens to survive the rapture over there and can no longer take naps at two in the afternoon. Like you are going to be on a roll. It's going to really give you a different kind of focus than coffee would. No jitters, no crash, which is the best. I'm a big fan. Go to magic magicminds. So you see that Freudian slip. Magicminds.co. You're going to use cancel me, baby for a good discount. And you're going to thank me later because unlike what I'm talking about in this app today, this is the math 
that does the mathing and that actually makes sense. It's the science magic mind. Okay. So Emily Ratajkowski thrown into the mix because why we wouldn't have it any other way, right? Like any other given uh, Wednesday or Friday, whatever the day it is, doesn't matter. Nothing makes sense anymore. So Emily Ratajkowski posed nude in Mark Jacobs, new campaign called monogram. The irony of this is the campaign PR message was that Mark Jacobs is celebrating, it's all genderless, this campaign, yet while also celebrating individuality. So I posted to my story because I was like, genderless and individuality. Is this not an oxymoron of the ages? Or is this just like a New York Times, which who even like, go into the sewer with the it clown and buzzfeed i'll see you later but like the new york times crossword from hell like my mind just won't bend that way you know what i mean gender to me and i understand there are the few of the population who may who may not identify as one is a huge indicator of who we are as individuals it's, it's the first thing we see pretty much um besides skin color right when we see somebody but getting to that more in a minute and all of this too i just want to acknowledge it's so interesting because there's a part of me when I sit down to do this, I'm like, it, this affects such a small part of the population, which is so crazy that it's become this whole blown out of proportion thing. It also makes me think like how privileged we are as a company, as a company, as a, again, capitalism, uh, Freudian slip there as a country, because we're not worried about getting shot dead in the street for not wearing a headdress the right way that day or surviving or eating. But we're worried about pronouns in a goddamn LinkedIn profile. Like talk about privilege. You're all privileged. I don't give a shit. Every single last one of you who lives here, we're caught up with this shit, right? Uh, in the grand scheme of things. But nonetheless, at the same time, I see all these stories and it talks about how this is one of the biggest divisive pressing issues of our time, right? Because it is this sort of war and ideology and identity. So like both things kind of go hand in hand, but here we are. So Emily Ratajkowski. So the reason that besides the campaign messaging, which is what I'm going to get to, because it ended up becoming this whole thing with a conversation in my DMs, it just, again, isn't quite adding up because this is coming from the woman who has fiercely defended and called herself a feminist, right? When all the Kavanaugh hearings was going on, this girl was out in the streets saying that, you know, what had gone down was a message loud and clear to American women that they don't matter, right? Based on their womenness and that their voice, I don't know if that's a word, but here it is, bitch. Woke people make up the dictionary every day. So now I am too. The source, I'm coming for you next. But basically based on their womanhood, their voices and their experiences, right? Don't matter. This is also the same woman who has not only profited, capitalized, and time and time again has revisited literally her body. She had a book that came out recently called My Body. And the whole premise and the whole thing was through the lens of her experience being, you know, exploited and made to be uncomfortable or whatever it is due to her body as a female. This is coming from that person, right? And now is in this genderless campaign. So it's almost like the other side of this. It's like, okay, are you going to fault the person for taking the money and being part of it? Is this more on the brand itself? Like, where do you draw a line? Or is this where someone's like, nah, I'm a bow out. Like it's a no for me dog. You know what I mean? So the reason, like I said, that I think that this is so ass backwards, identifying with something Say it's a woman. I don't think that it has to be all of you. It doesn't, by no means has to comprise 
oh, I'm a woman, so I'm all this by any means. We women are all so wildly different. A fallacy about womanhood is that it has to be like, yeah, go girl. Yeah, yeah, yay, rah, rah, all solidarity. And I'm the one who will be like, I can disagree with you. And I'm still as much as a woman and you're as much as a woman. I don't have to be giving you a lap dance and braiding your hair. And, you know, while I'm 12, teaching you fake ways to make your boobs bigger, like we can still all be women, right? But at the end of the day, it is still a huge part of what identifies us and what makes us different. So I got a DM from somebody, a friend of mine who challenged this and said, why is it an oxymoron, genderless and individuality? And this person said, if anything, not identifying with the gender is by definition, the ultimate form of freedom and of being an individual because you aren't being grouped in or labeled or judged or tied to a group that society has put you with. And I thought to myself, I could actually understand that. Like I could totally see where that person is coming from. However, I just don't land on that. I, I just can't get there. I don't land on that completely for a multitude of reasons. And, and, and here's why, right? The same thing I feel that can be said of all of this with gender that can also go for race. I agree the same thing. It's a huge, and for everybody, it's different. I think it's a huge part of who you are. It's again, the first thing we see when we see somebody. That's why people of color get pissed when white people are like, I don't see color because it's like, okay, are you having a Helen Keller moment today? Like, what are you saying? Same thing could be said about like being a woman. It's like, okay, so are you just then like, does that just erase like my entire, not only my life, but all the other people before me? Like, does it just have amnesia and not exist? And I can understand that, right? But I don't think that it has to swallow you whole and be absolutely everything because that does wash away individualism because then we are tying you to a group. You know, someone who said this is a friend of mine and a super progressive influencer, Nico House, who's a black man. He said the same thing. I'm not gonna tie my entire identity and existence to the victimhood of being black, but yes, I have experienced X, Y, Z that you could never go back and recreate an experience, even if you identified as black today, right? Which brings me to why do we do this with gender, but we don't do it with race? Think about it. What if I was like, you know what? I just really feel like identifying as a Latina or a black person today. Think about it. If people did this with race, they would be furious. It would be like, okay, so you're just going to decide today and erase my entire life out of the blue. People would be furious. So why can we do it with gender and not with race? I don't understand it. It doesn't make sense to me. Further, if there's no such thing and it can just, you can just detach from that. And it's just this wish-washy willy-nilly thing. Why would laws and protections be put in place based on people's sex, gender, orientation, race, because of this, because it is what identifies and, and, and differentiates us right now to the degree that we want to celebrate that that's up to the individual. And like I said, I can totally respect the fact that there are people out there who don't identify with one gender or the other, but that doesn't eradicate rules that have been laid down or created based upon those things. It's just the reality. It's just the history. People of different races have been treated differently. People of different genders have been treated differently throughout time. When people will refute that, they'll say, as a woman, right, there's room for all of us. Listen, I am not a scarcity kind of gal. Like, I love the idea, like, there is enough to go around, right? But again, 
certain times you got to know your role and draw the limits. It's like to what end? And I'm sorry, I call bullshit on that when people are like, oh, trans women coming into women's spaces and spheres doesn't step on us. There's room for all of us. There's enough you know, resources for all of us. It doesn't take away from me. Well, how do you explain that to someone like a Riley Gaines? You know, the Biden administration, as we speak, is looking to revise Title IX, which is put in place to honor and give equity to women in sports. Basically, if a school had 10 swimming scholarships for men, they had to have the same for women, which she did a huge lift raising up women in sports, right? Specifically collegiate level. Now they're trying to uh, revise it to where basically, again, obsolete, eradicate it to where you can't discriminate based on someone's gender, aka Leah Thomas doing swan dives, backflips, having a good old time, right? So that's where I beg to differ. It's like, I'm sorry, it actually does make a difference. It makes a difference when you hear stories. Again, I'm not saying this happens all the time and could be the anomaly, but it makes difference a difference when you hear someone who's a male rapist transitions to a female, gets in a female prison and rapes women in there. I'm sorry, that's not okay. And this is where we need to acknowledge that or the divide is going to keep getting bigger and people are going to keep getting hostile and pissed. Like guys, it is the religion of common sense, okay? Not authoritarian Christianity, not unhinged, delusional, woke, common sense, right? So that's what brings me to this final point too. There's nothing inherently wrong at all with transitioning. I welcome it warmly. What's wrong is acting like none of this should exist and acting like you're in the wrong for even suggesting that people should be tied to a sex or a gender. Because why would somebody transition to begin with? Really sit and think about that. If none of that matters, if it's all obsolete, if it's all a societal construct, why would somebody go through the anguish and the journey and the ups and the downs and the pain and the joy of, you know, doing the physical and the chemical and the surgeries and this and that of transitioning from one gender to another? Why would somebody do all that? If none of it, if none of it is a thing or matters, why would somebody transition to begin with? Because gender is a thing. Again, I'm not saying it's the bottom line, the end all be all of what makes somebody who they are by any means. But if someone wants to be celebrated for that particular gender and live in that and be that, who are you to say that that's not, it doesn't make sense. Who are you to say that that doesn't, shouldn't be a thing or that it's not a thing. Sometimes I think about this, like why is there so much hostility around this conversation, right? And notice how like we never hear about biological women transitioning to men. It's always the other way around. And I had a conversation about this with someone the other day and they said to me, in my experience, it's because who we're dealing with here is mostly biological men right? Who could then transition to women and think about it. Like I'm not all for the toxic masculinity buzzword, but this is where it lives up to the hype and like reinforces it as a thing because it's like, right. Men yet again, somehow find a way to be aggressive and angry and toxic, so to speak. Right. And here we are, but like stomping out women yet again, it's like even the freaking trans men who are biological women can't even have a voice. Like, where are they in this conversation? But it's like, that's where there's so much hostility created around this. I think, I think there's a really good point in that. It's like, don't poke the bear. 
or, you know, the, the bear assigned male at birth. Don't you dare poke the bear, right? Because this is what you're going to get. And it just shines such a light on that. It's like, it's such bullshit. And my last point about this, all that comes with being a woman, you know, another conversation that's going on right now, right? Is like Lizzo and the body standard. And she came out with the whole thing being like, I am the beauty standard, right? And it makes me think it's like, yet again, I don't even know if I have a definitive answer, but it's something to think about. It's like, why are all of these conversations yet again, all about women? right? Defining it, manipulating it, manufacturing it, tailoring it, no pun intended. You know what, Lizzo? Like you can have your own beauty standard. That's fine. And guess what? I have my own over here. It's different than yours. I happen to really like mine and you can like yours too. But why do I, why does society have to completely accommodate to the people kicking and screaming? Why does everybody have to accommodate you guys? To me, it's lack of self-assurance. Because if you're really that confident, you don't need everybody to validate your point of view or your experience to make you feel good. Sure, it feels good. It feels good. But if you're not sure of it, why do you need everybody to bend over backwards to worship and celebrate and take your word as like the word of God, like the final word, the end all be all, right? I don't think so. It doesn't have to be that way. So all of that goes to say it's back to what I said earlier. Number one, know your role. Number two, we don't have to accommodate and validate everyone's feelings out there for it to actually exist, okay? If you actually believe in it, then just do that. That in and of itself should be enough. And three, perhaps my most favorite of all is good old common sense, critical thinking, if you will. Now, if you'll excuse me, I'm going to go back, okay, to trying to forget that Tampax was even a thing. All right. We already wanted to forget your existence as women. Okay. And now we want to even more. So thank you for that.